Hello, and welcome to this Herbert Smith Freehills Brexit podcast. My name is Christopher Hunt, and I'm a partner in our Tokyo office. And I'm Michael Marcolain, a senior associate based here in Tokyo. Thank you very much for joining us again on our podcast series on Brexit from the perspective of Asian investors. What do you need to know? What do you need to think about? And what do you need to prepare for? In this episode, we're going to be discussing recent political developments in the UK and what these mean for the possibility of a no-deal Brexit. We're recording this on the 24th of January, and so, as always, be aware that this is a fast-moving area. Many of our clients in Japan and elsewhere in Asia have been considering for some months now how Brexit might affect their businesses. In particular, businesses have been carrying out activities like reviewing contracts and licenses and thinking about supply chains, particularly in the case of a no-deal Brexit. But even if you haven't started planning, it's not too late. This planning, whenever you do it, should be understood in the context of the wider political environment. Indeed, earlier this month, the Japanese Prime Minister visited the UK, where he said that the world is watching the UK and how it handles Brexit. He urged the UK to avoid leaving the EU without a deal in place. So, Asian businesses with integrated operations between the UK and the EU have been voicing their concerns, and, and that's something we've seen uh, quite commonly in the media recently. With this in mind, let's look at where we are now and what it all means. As a recap, and as matters currently stand, the UK and the EU have until the 29th of March 2019 to reach an agreement on a treaty governing the UK's withdrawal from the EU. So that's made up of two parts. That's a withdrawal agreement, so that's a bit like a divorce between the UK and the EU. And there's also a non-binding declaration on the future relationship. So that's going to include things like how the two sides would trade in the future. If the UK and EU don't reach agreement by the 29th of March, so that's just over two months now, then that's what we're going to be calling a no-deal Brexit. So the UK and the EU reached a agreement on uh, how the, the UK was going to withdraw, but that has to be approved by the UK Parliament. And that's where there's been uh, a few issues recently. So, Michael, I think many people listening would have seen headlines that the government suffered quite a crushing defeat on this and that uh, the withdrawal agreement was not approved by Parliament. Yes, that's right. Uh, it was a, a, a historic defeat for Theresa May. Uh, there were 432 votes against the, the, the deal and only 202 in favour. And in fact, one third of uh, the Prime Minister's own party voted against uh, the Brexit deal. And that was uh, generated by rebels on the uh, pro-Brexit side. So people who wanted a, a, a stronger, deeper uh, division between the UK and the EU. Uh, and also the more pro-Remain side of her party who, who didn't want to see that sort of strong division. So it was nicely balanced. Uh, those who hated Brexit hated the deal, and those who wanted Brexit also hated the deal. That, that, that's a fair summary, Chris. <laughs> okay, all right. So um, what could happen next? Uh, has uh, the, the working assumption so far has, has been that there would uh, be a deal, uh, but the default position, um, it's easy to forget, is that... Uh, uh, the, if the UK and EU do nothing further, then on the 29th of March, um, 
uh, the UK will will leave the EU without a deal in place. Uh, it's clear that the majority in the UK Parliament uh, is against no deal, but uh, what is there a majority for? Well, that is is considerably less clear. Okay, all right. So it's as Michael said, there's no majority for anything in, at the moment, but there do seem to be, I think, five routes or five possible uh, routes that could be taken here. And I, I think let's just sort of go through these. So um, just as an overview, as I see it, there are five. The first one would be re renegotiating the existing deal, which seems to be uh, Theresa May's preferred option is the first one. The second one, which is raised by a number of people, is extending the deadline for negotiations. The third is to have a second referendum. The fourth is to have a general election. And the fifth is just to um, revoke Article 50. So what this means is uh, withdraw our notice, the UK's notice saying that the UK is going to leave. Okay, so five potential options. Uh, let's go through them briefly one at a time. So the first one, Michael, is about renegotiating the existing deal and the UK being able to leave the, U the EU on the, by the 29th of March. Yes, that, that's right. And as you said, Chris, that is Theresa May's uh, currently preferred option. Um, it's free. Uh, the government is free, obviously, at any time to uh, approach the EU to try and, and renegotiate the deal. Um, Theresa May, for example, might try to uh, secure a, a definite time period where the Irish backstop um, would be in play, and that's the uh, insurance policy that's been currently agreed between the UK and the EU uh, to um, assure that there isn't a hard border on the island of Ireland um, on the basis that there is no future deal secured for the trading relationship between uh, the UK and the EU. Um, that's uh, certainly a, a move that's likely to meet with stiff resistance um, from the EU, uh, but it would certainly uh, placate some of her uh, MPs in Parliament. Okay, so, so that's, that's the first one. Um, so the second one would be an extension to the negotiating period, or, or as people say, the extension to Article 50. Article 50 um, of the Lisbon Treaty, uh, which sets out the terms under which a member state can leave. That sets a two-year period which can be extended if all parties agree. So a number of people have been talking about that, Michael. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Yes, that's a, a short-term solution that would uh, stave off a, a no-deal Brexit. Um, it requires, however, the agreement of the UK and the uh, remaining 27 EU countries in order for that to be implemented. Uh, and uh, Michel Barnier on the EU side has said that he would not be prepared to um, extend the Article 50 period unless there was a, a clear alternative um, in, in play that could be agreed, whether that's um, uh, something like having a, an election, having a second referendum or a, a feasible renegotiated deal. Okay, so the EU's position seems to be the UK shouldn't have an extension just for the sake of having an extension. There needs to be something tangible that, to justify. That, yes, yes, Chris, that's right. And I think both parties uh, recognise that it's not really in either of their interests uh, to keep on uh, uh, 
delaying the the uh, the withdrawal indefinitely. Okay. All right. So one of the things which could be done if um, there is an extension to the negotiating period is to have a second referendum. Um, we are just over two months away from the 29th of March. There isn't enough time to have another referendum, so there would need to be an extension, it seems, in order for this to happen. Um, we voted on this in the UK, voted on this in 2016. The chances, Michael, in 2019, they seem to have increased the chances of this another referendum happening. Yes, I think that's right. Uh, the, the government remains opposed to having a second referendum, uh, but there have been um, uh, ever-increasing and ever-louder calls um, from various sections of, of the business community and also politicians for a, a second referendum. Um, one of the big questions is, what would the question be in that referendum? Or questions. Or questions. Um, uh, the first one could be... Uh, the same question that was put to the UK public in, in 2016, do you wish to remain in the European Union or not? And if not, uh, you then go on to a second question of, well, assuming you want to leave the EU still, do you want to leave that on the terms that uh, Theresa May and the EU have already negotiated, or are you willing to, to leave on a, a no-deal basis? Right, okay. Um, as you said, the government has been against this so far, and Theresa May, the Prime Minister, said that she was worried about social cohesion, as she put it. So there would be sort of unrest amongst people if they if they thought they were being asked to vote again, and that that might be considered undemocratic. Anyway, that that was that was her view. So a second referendum, um, talking of voting instead of a referendum, there could just be a general election, and that's certainly what Labour seems to want. Yes, uh, following the, the defeat of the uh, withdrawal agreement in Parliament, um, Jeremy Corbyn immediately tabled a, a no-confidence motion to uh, try and force a general election. Um, that uh, wasn't successful, but that's not to say that at some point in the future um, there could be a general election called whether through a no-confidence motion or through um, Theresa May losing the confidence of, of her own party. Um, uh, similarly to a second referendum, um, this would probably need to be accompanied by some sort of extension under Article 50, as the UK has probably run out of time to, to hold an election before the 29th of March. Um, the issues would be fully debated, no doubt, in public. Uh, some of the parties will uh, seek to uh, renegotiate the deal. Uh, that's obviously not something that's entirely within the gift of the UK. They will need to uh, work with the EU to renegotiate a deal. And that's certainly not certain. And if whoever the new prime minister is is unable to uh, reach a deal, then we're, we're back to where we are today. Or, or alternatively, one or more parties could campaign in an election and saying, if you vote for us, we will um, withdraw our notice uh, of withdrawal from, from the EU and Brexit is off. That's right. Uh, and there was uh, uh, an EU court decision on that very point um, not that long ago, which confirmed that the UK can uh, unilaterally um, revoke its Article 50 notice, uh, in which case the UK is back to the position it was in on the 27th of March 2016, where it's a member of the single market, a member of the customs union, and, um, and nothing in a sense has changed. Okay, so, so that's that was the fifth option. So... Um there are these five options. Which is most likely? 
very difficult to say. Um, I think that it's going, it's looking increasingly unlikely that a deal can be put in place by the 29th of March without significant concessions from one side or another. That's both in the UK and also in the EU. It's not to say it's impossible, not at all. Um, the, the impending deadline is certainly concentrating minds. So, um, let's, let's think about Brexit happening in 10 weeks time and what you could be doing to prepare for it. As we, as I said at the beginning, businesses of all kinds with exposure to the UK and the EU are considering what a no deal Brexit means for them. So that's the UK leaving the EU without any kind of deal, no transition period at all. So in considering that, businesses are thinking, well, what difficulties might you face importing or exporting goods? Would you be able to sell your products or services to your current market smoothly? Do you have contracts or licenses that rely on the UK being part of the EU? Does your workforce rely on free movement of persons? Those are just some of the many questions which people are considering right now. We're seeing um, businesses react in different ways in order to prepare for Brexit. Some that you read about are stockpiling. Some are doing nothing at all and just uh, hoping that everything will work out and that they can make do with their current structures in place. Others are taking action. We saw Sony a few days ago announced it's moving its operations, its European headquarters from the UK to the Netherlands. Honda, the car manufacturer, says it's going to suspend its operations for almost a week around the time of Brexit in case there are difficulties getting parts. Other businesses are seeking to negotiate new clauses into contracts to head off issues that might arise if the UK ultimately ends up leaving the EU without a deal in place. So many different companies taking many different approaches. So that you can work out what might be right for your company, we suggest that you adopt a three-step approach. And we would summarize that as analyze, assess, and address. So analyze, that's doing a due diligence exercise on your own business to work out what the impact of a no-deal Brexit might be. And that's going to obviously vary from company to company. Assess. Evaluate the conclusions coming out of the previous step to put forward some kind of Brexit readiness plan. I, what are the biggest issues facing your business and how are you going to address them? And the final stage, address, means putting your plan into action. So that might involve reviewing existing contracts to see if they need to be amended or engaging in some form of restructuring. So that's all we have time for today. Um, if you have any questions about this podcast or planning for Brexit, then feel free to contact us or any of your usual Herbert Smith Freehills contacts. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe to receive further episodes and goodbye.